following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Manta's in alone. Anthony Manta to his backhand. He scores! Well, definitely looks like the Cavs have flipped that switch, doesn't it? Welcome to the show, everybody. Bob Matthews here with you. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network's website. We are delighted to have you sponsored, as always, by DraftKings. We're going to hear from that guy right there in just a couple of minutes, Anthony Mantha, because he's a big reason why things are looking a lot brighter for the Capitals right now. After pretty much sleepwalking through January and February, things have turned around a bit in the last 10 games. Caps have gotten points in seven out of their last 10, six wins and an overtime loss. So if we all do our math correctly, that's 13 out of a 13 points in the last 10 games. They're on a heater right now, having won three straight. And they've closed to within a game of Boston in the wildcard spot. And more importantly, they have closed to within three points of the New York Rangers, who they will be playing here coming up shortly. And Anthony Mantha is one of the reasons that that has happened. It was a 7-2 win against Columbus on Thursday night. Depending on when you are downloading this particular show, they may or may not have played Friday night in Carolina. One of the things that we will be looking for when they get out on the ice tonight is the status of T.J. Oshie, who left the game with a lower body injury, looked like a foot after about six minutes uh, in the third period. I hope he's okay because having T.J. Oshie back has been, I think, a big reason why not only the power play has been working so well, but the Capitals have been winning. When you look at where they are now, if Oshie is okay and he's not out for an extended period of time, this team takes on a lot different complexion than they did, say, five or six weeks ago. Remember, they've been playing a big part of the year with Peter Laviolette having to shuffle lineups. I mean, it was it was something for for quite a while there. But let's just consider what things are going to look like if Oshi is okay and he's not out for an extended period of time. Let's really hope that doesn't happen. But after so many rookies coming in and out of the lineup, Hendrix LaPierre and Axel Janssen Fiabi, who is now back, and Joe Snively and the whole thing. Look at where this team is going to be when I go through the lines here, especially the top six. Again, if Oshie's okay. 
If Oshie's okay, all of a sudden, here's your top six. Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Connor Sheary on the top line. That's a 38-goal score, a 20-goal score, and Sheary, I believe, has 13 right now. That's not bad for your top line. Then your second line is Anthony Mantha, who got his fifth and sixth last night, Nicholas Backstrom, and Oshie. You figure Lars Eller will be back here sometime in the next, you know, couple of days. He's in COVID protocol yet again, but if he's okay, you've got, well, last night you had Daniel Sprong, Connor McMichael, who, by the way, also had a goal last night, uh, albeit a fluky one, but, you know, playing his natural center position, and then Tom Wilson all the way down on the third line. You bring Eller, you bring Lars Eller back in. Eller goes back to his fourth, the fourth line, uh, the third line center. McMichael goes back to the wing. Maybe you move Sherry back down to that line and Wilson up to the top line. Now that's looking pretty good. And Janssen Fiabi has filled in really well for Carl Haglund so far on the identity line with Dowden Hathaway. Now all of a sudden, again, down the middle, pretty solid. On the wings, pretty solid. Uh, I would think that you would probably move Connor Sheary back to the third line, but it, it gives you it gives you a lot of flexibility. Maybe you drop uh, Tom Wilson down there if need be to give it a little a little more punch, but. Uh, Connor Sheary has really been a solid pickup for Brian McClellan in this team. He's got 16 goals and 16 assists right now on the year. That ain't too bad um, compared to and, and, and you know and Wilson as well. I mean, we all know what Willie can do, uh, but he's got 41 points. So, you know, you've got you're, – you're dropping a guy with 18 goals onto the third line. It makes these top three lines really, really good. And where you're not depending on, you know, a couple of guys to carry the load. But Wilson's on the verge of surpassing his his 2019-2020 total. Uh, and, and, again, the top six, I think – you can look at it and say this is a top six that can potentially do some damage in the playoffs. It's also uh, a team that has gotten some very steady goaltending the last, what, six, eight weeks. And if the goaltending is rounding into shape, hey, I think this team is capable of making that deep playoff run that everybody is expecting. All right, let's go into the locker room, and we're going to hear from Anthony Mantha, the big winger, back after being out most of the year so far because of shoulder surgery. But he's come back with a vengeance. Six goals uh, in the last month since coming back off that injury. And he says, he said last night, not really a surprise as far as he was concerned um, that he started out so fast. feels great. I mean, I, I work... Uh extremely hard for that four months and it just feels good to be out there be be playing having fun 
and uh, I mean, it's it's awesome. The boys are cheering me on. During those four months, did you visualize anything like this or think about things like this? No, I mean, I was obviously focused on coming back strong, uh, coming back as soon as possible, but uh, not really of having an impact like I, I had uh, over the past couple of games. And especially last night with those two goals in, in you know, in route to a seven to two shellacking of Columbus. But that was important because it showed a killer instinct on the part of the Caps. I mean, last night was a big game for Columbus. They could have climbed within, I think, about nine points of Washington for the last wild card spot. Still a lot of work, obviously, they would have had to have done. But, you know, it starts to get within striking distance. Instead, they're 13 back now, and after that kind of a beat down, you got to think that their confidence is pretty much at an all-time low. Uh, Mantha was also quick to credit that goaltending situation we were talking about, saying that it was Vitek Vanacek that kept them in the game, especially in the first period. I mean, we, we knew they were trying to kind of catch us right now. Uh, so we knew it was kind of a four-point game, even if there's 20 games left. But uh, we also knew they played last night, so we wanted to – put pressure on them, uh, put the puck in deep, and just uh, get on a throw check. We, we didn't play our best period in the first. Uh, VTech kept us in there, and obviously two-goal lead, so we kind of regrouped that between the first and second and just came stronger. And this is a big deal, having Mantha playing well, because remember, the Capitals gave up a hell of a lot to get him. You know, not just Jacob Vrana, but a first-round draft pick last year as well. So... If the Capitals are going to go deep this year, Anthony Mantha's got to be a huge part of it. Early returns look good. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got to talk a little football because it was a big day out in Ashburn as the Carson Wentz era began for the Washington Commanders. That's next, right here on the Bob Matthews Podcast, courtesy of the Hockey Podcast Network. You know, this NHL season so far has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And the action rolls on as DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet a dollar on any team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp because everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. That's 1-800-426-2537. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. That's 1-800-522-4700. Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or visit ccp.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, that's 1-877-770-STOP, which is 7867 in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY to 
NY, which is 467369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 1 888 in Virginia. 21 and older, 18 and older, New, Jersey, uh, New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Connecticut, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey. New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, the Carson Wentz era begins in Ashburn. It began on Thursday as Wentz flew in for his introductory press conference. you got to love the drip from the outfit, though, the uh, burgundy shirt and the gold jacket. That wasn't bad. Also liked the opening of the press conference where Ron Rivera showed both a sense of humor and some, um, and some uh, uh, self-awareness by wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. So here's Carson Wentz saying he is excited to get to work in the nation's capital. It's been a whirlwind, uh, honestly, since life changed coming out of college. I mean, it's just been a whirlwind. Um, Football-wise, it's been a whirlwind. Family-wise, you know, got married a couple years now. I have two kids. A lot of things. A lot of things have changed, and um, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's honestly, um, it's an adventure. It's quite the adventure, but it's a lot of fun and uh, a lot of ups and downs, highs and lows along the way. But uh, looking forward to it, you know, coming in here and, and, like I said, meeting people already that I can just tell uh, very like-minded and, and have a vision and know where we want to go uh, gets me excited. Hi, Carson. Nikki Javala from The Washington Post. Um, were you surprised at all by how things ended in Indianapolis? And second part of the question is what do you hope to show in your time here in Washington yeah uh, I'd say yeah definitely surprised I'm definitely surprised um, you know anytime you're in a, in a new place you want it to work out you know you want to you want to be there you want to do the best you can for that team that organization that fan base and uh, God willing it works out for a long time it didn't you know it didn't and um, God changed our plans and here we are and, and we're excited for it um, and I, I just think for me I just come in and earn the respect of the, the guys in the locker room the coaches the fans uh, I know it's not going to just be handed handed to me I, I look forward to earning that respect and uh, hopefully you know being part of something special now let's hope that happens. I, I I liked the trade when it happened. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Bottom line is it gives you the most talented quarterback this team has had since 2012. I hate to say it. And I know a lot of people have been concerned with the fact that the Colts get rid of him after a year, and that's with his – the head coach being his former offensive coordinator in Philadelphia when he helped get to the team to the Super Bowl before he got hurt. Okay, I understand. Is that a red flag? Yeah, it's kind of a red flag. But a couple of things. Number one, did he fold down the stretch? Yeah, and he admitted as much. He didn't play well the last two weeks when he had two chances 
to get the Colts into the playoffs. And he folded. Before that, he won nine of his first 15 games. That ain't bad. Yes, he has a great offensive line in Indianapolis. He had a great running back. And he had some good receivers. I don't think the offensive talent is that far behind in Washington. I really don't. I don't think Scott Turner's been able to run the offense he wants to run with his personnel, unfortunately, with Taylor Heineke at quarterback last year. And that's not taking anything away from Heineke, who's got the heart of a lion. We've already talked about that. But I think one thing that nobody is really considering is it is theoretically possible that the Colts made an emotional decision, and it was a bad one. I mean... The, you know, the, the, Wentz not getting vaccinated, well, I don't like that. Maybe that was the reason Jim Irsay said get rid of him. Maybe Chris Ballard and Frank Reich really didn't want to let Carson Wentz go. But Jim Irsay insisted. I mean, don't forget, Jim Irsay spent his youth, you know, grew up watching his father move the Baltimore Colts in the middle of the night to Indianapolis. This The Ursay family was not exactly considered football geniuses until they happened to luck into Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck. And it's kind of a no-brainer that you take Luck. And it was pretty lucky that they got him in the first place. So I, I'm not totally buying that Wentz just, you know, there was something really, really wrong in Indianapolis. I think you at least have to consider the theoretical possibility. Maybe the Colts just made a huge mistake. As for those leadership questions, Wentz was asked about it, and he didn't duck it either. Fair question, and uh, sometimes I wonder the same, um, to be honest. I, I think you know, I think it was a year that had highs and lows, uh, ups and downs. The, the, the way we finished, the way I finished, was, was poor, was poor. And I think that um, definitely uh, was tough to swallow um, and tough to finish like that, especially when we, we thought we we had a chance um, to really do something special and make a run, and uh, we just kind of collapsed, and I didn't play good enough, uh, well enough at the end there. Um, and so, you know, things happen. I always believe things happen for a reason, and so, uh, you know, you, you get an opportunity. Still got an opportunity to, to come out and prove myself and play the game that I love, um, and I look forward to doing that. Um, so, for one, reports are reports, and, and there's truth in some things and, and all those things. And I, you know, if, if we're in this business trying to combat and you know argue every report, uh, we'd we'd uh, we'd run out of things to say, you know. And so for me, uh, I just try and be myself, be myself, get to know the guys, build the relationships, and uh, you know, I, I strongly feel I had amazing relationships with people um, in Philly and people in Indy, and uh, loved my time there. Um, and so your first part of the question, I mean, knowing that that you're wanted and feeling that support from from everybody in the organization means a lot. It allows you to go play uh, confidently, freely, um, which I think ultimately will allow me to play my best ball and try and elevate uh, everybody around me um, to the to the full extent that I can. And uh, I look forward to doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that. What else can you expect him to say? Uh, he also said that. He is not just glad to be here, but, you know, his first conversations with Rivera, he enjoyed them very much and thinks that they're going to get off to a good start. I had a brief conversation this morning, um, and I got fired up talking to him. Just um, for me, you know, right when the trade went down, obviously knowing the, the talent that's already here on the offensive side. You know, I know, I know a lot about the defense. 
gone against Coach Rivera's defense uh, for years now and uh, competed against you know that stout D-line in, in Philly for a while. Um, so I know a lot about that. But offensively, you know, the, the talent um, that's, that's around here gets me fired up. And I look forward to you know, being able to push the ball down the field to those guys, get the ball out onto the playmakers and make some plays. There you have it. The bottom line is this. I mean, this guy was still a first-round draft pick. A very high first-round draft pick back in 2016. Are you going to get what he had? Are you going to get the 2017 version of Wentz? Probably not. But if you get 90% of that, that's not too bad. I think it's it's worth a shot. And for everyone that's, you know, if you're kvetching about the fact that they let Brandon Sheriff go, they cut Eric Flowers, um, what have we always said about quarterback play? You know, great quarterback play, good quarterback play, can cover up some deficiencies in other in other places. Maybe Wentz, where you're, will be able to cover up those deficiencies, and what they lose with Brandon Scherf and and Eric Flowers on the offensive line. And if the offense is more productive then maybe the hit that the defensive line took when they cut Matt Ioannidis and when Tim Settle left the free agency, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Obviously, they feel that either they can find more D-linemen D in the draft or they have somebody stashed on the roster that can help. It will be interesting to see, again, depending on when you happen to listen to this podcast how they address the middle linebacker spot, whether it's Bobby Wagner or someone else. That's going to go a long way in telling us exactly where this team is heading into the OTAs. All right, Mick and the Clock on the Wall say we got to get out of here. Don't forget, you can download this at the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Spotify and iTunes and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, enjoy March Madness, will you? We'll talk to you next week. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, we're white.